Hello, fellas and gals. Welcome to another episode of the Tree Podcast. I'm Taylor Dalkey, your co-host. Hitting you up with an intro because uh, the host is uh, letting me uh, hold the reins for once. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah, I'm here with Jordan Flagel, the founder of Tree Exploration. A great man. A great man. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Good. Good, good. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yeah, it's been a few days. It's been a week. Yeah. Had some time to mull things over. We used to spend months apart. Now a few days is like, whoa, I miss you. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking about the last podcast since we did it. I've come to the conclusion I say like (laughs) a lot. I say exactly too much. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's strange. I, I... it's, it's, I have the thoughts. I, I speak as I have thoughts. I don't articulate anything in Same. my head, right? Which often gets me into trouble. I'd say frequently. Actually, gets me into trouble. It's worse for me because in my mind, I'm thinking so clearly. And if I could just take my thoughts and give them to you, I hear you. I, it would be yeah. amazing. I'd be like, I feel like I'd be a genius. And then I speak. I'm like, mm-hmm. hey, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, there's like a disconnect between what you're thinking. And the muscles that make the thoughts into sounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. there's like a little stutter there. It is. And it, it just doesn't come out the way I want. And I mm-hmm. think something so profound and I say it so horribly. I can only, uh, so far in my life, be articulate, be like articulate through writing. And hopefully, like, I'm thinking doing this podcast would help. Yeah, help with I think even speaking. Writing's so hard too. I feel like I write and it feels great, and then I come back and read it like the next day or whatever. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I edit it and edit it and edit <laughs> that's, it. Get someone else to edit it, and then it turns into something good. That's that's how you're supposed to write, I think. Yeah. Well, that happened with like that article I had published in McLean's. Oh yeah. It was insane the amount of editing and rewrites that went into it. Yeah. It took like a month. Oh yeah, it's crazy. I, I, I totally. Yeah, if you looked at the final one that got published and the original one, it was not even the same, right? Like, yeah, right. Not even close, right? Oh. Yeah, I find that when I'm writing papers, I hand it in and it's I've I've edited it like a hundred times and it's not. It's there's so many things that are still wrong with it. It's just and it's also when you read something a hundred times, you just start glazing over yeah. things. And then if you wait a couple of days and reread it, yeah. and you've forgotten what you've written, you go, "Oh, look at all this absolute nonsense." That yeah, you can't get into it. <laughs> yeah. Do you do that with music too? Or yeah, it's different. Right? It's different because you, you play guitar and stuff. Like when I make music, it's like on a keyboard. You know, it's more like hip hop kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So it's a lot of like Dan always says it's like copy and paste almost. You know, you cut some from here, you move it. And I spend so much time and like. When I'm making beats, which is just for fun, like I don't, I don't do anything for money or for like publicity. <laughs> Definitely not for that. But yeah, I just get kind of so into it that I forget to go to the bathroom. Even I just sit there for like eight hours, and I realize, oh, it's three in the morning now, and I've yeah. been here since I've, before dinner. I, I forget to eat. It's the only thing I get so absolutely. absorbed. I do the same thing, but it's true. Like what you're saying. I have like over 450 recordings on my phone, so I'll just record an idea, and then I'll do my best to forget it for a day or two, and then I'll listen to it back, and like 90% of the time, I listen to it back, and I go, yeah, it's pretty good, it's whatever, and then 10% of the time, I I listen to it back, and it's fresh, I'm like, 
there'll be there'll be something that happens in the recording where I, where I go, oh, I didn't anticipate that. So so I know I've like fully forgotten kind of what I did, and then ten percent of the time will be like, oh, that's really good. That like I like that, and then I can like uh, pursue it yeah. further. Yeah, so like a lot of my songs, most things I do right is just. Uh, I don't do it much anymore, but at parties, it's like freestyling. It's all fun. Mm-hmm. Just for fun. Yeah. And sometimes I'll do that if I have an idea or something, and then that becomes what I do. Like a lot of things I've recorded have just been freestyles that I'll go over again and kind of clean up areas that get a oh, bit messed up. But That's how I write lyrics. Yeah. That's I, a good way to do yeah. it, right? And sometimes you write them, but again, like I think like 95% of the stuff I've ever made, I've never shown to anybody or released or anything, because it's, it's more about the act of making it, for me anyways. Mm-hmm. Than sharing it and making I don't know, other people listen. And... There's a there's a feeling that I get when I need to write music, yeah. and it's like a pent like up creative outlet. Yeah. Hey, you ever seen Survivor Man? Yeah. Like, like the OG one. Oh hell yeah, Stroud. dude! Yeah. I was obsessed He's with Survivor. by himself, right? Yeah. So nobody else around, no camera crew. That's the best thing ever. But he said, you know, he has um, harmonica. He'd bring out. Mm-hmm. He's a good musician. He, yeah, that, and he'd also when he creates shelters and all that stuff, he said it's so important to just create, have a creative outlet, that people are meant to create things. Yeah. And not necessarily have everything liked by so many people or do things that are masterpieces, but just to create. Right. And yeah, that's how I feel too. It's like I create these things to create, and that's why I also write some things. That's why I want to go build some things. You just have this creative outlet. And for me, there's no better feeling. Well, there might be a better feeling, but there's a really great feeling of <laughs> yeah. when something didn't exist before and now it exists Right. Because you made it. Whether it's like a painting or a song, whatever it is, yeah. it wasn't there before and now it's here and it's because of you. That's, it might not be the best feeling, but it's a very unique feeling. Yeah. It's, I find when I write something in music that's, that I, that I like a lot, I feel like so good about it. And then I'll listen to it like 30 times and I'll be like, I like, like, I think every musician writes music that they like. Yeah. And so I don't think it's like a narcissistic thing to say that I like listening to my own music. Oh, for sure not. You know what I, I mean? I guarantee I'm my biggest fan. <laughs> I, yeah, guarantee. I'm not, I don't write music for people. Yeah. Like I'm not trying to write hits that I wouldn't really listen to. I probably could yeah. in the vein of like a verse thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bah, 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 this or, is the beat. Or you might this do it if popular. you can make a whole bunch of money off that and then later on go back to that's what smart. you do. Well, that's what like Wyclef That's what did. you should do. You know like Wyclef and like in the Fugees and stuff and they yeah. became huge and then as it went forward, he started doing his own kind of like Haitian music and a lot of mm-hmm. Iron music, a lot of reggae, like things that didn't get him big but by the time he was huge, he just said, oh, I can do what I want. Yeah. My philosophy is sell out who cares how original and unique you are if no one hears it? Yeah. I mean, music is a sharing yeah. thing. You know, yeah. it's well, that's, if that's a great philosophy if your goal is to be a musician. Like if that's what you right, want to right. do. But if you're not trying to do that, then there's no point in selling out because you're not even trying to get people to listen. You're not even trying to make it a Yeah, it could be a, a personal pursuit for sure. But I but I've talked to um people who were good enough and had like um, an outlet to become bigger and bigger who didn't take it because they felt it was like selling out. Oh yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. Sell out. Then do what you want later. Once yeah. you can, yeah. you, you could sure do whatever you want in obscurity. Who cares? Nobody cares. Like if You're so if, right. Yeah. But I think that the thing is what makes a lot of people that good, you know, that kind right. of, I hear you. that creativeness, yeah. that different way of thinking 
like also precludes them from doing that. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I could see that. Right? Not everyone, obviously. A lot of people do that, but a lot of times, someone's super creative and they're an artist. Yeah, they're you're not, right. I, I they're that exactly. way for a reason, and they don't think in the same way as someone that wants to, you know, be a businessman or whatever. And I think weren't you along that same line before? Yeah. Right. For sure. So I think my mom had asked you about one of your songs you've written, and you were like, "No, like this is for me or something." Uh, something yeah, along people. Those lines. Like uh, a lot of people said, why don't you sell your songs? Like you could sell. Oh, yeah, like, that was, sounds yeah, like a song that would be. That's exactly. Blah blah blah. Like you could sell that. Like, song. You could write it, and then someone and, else could and, and do like, it. And, and I've always been like, no, no, no. I don't, like that's, that's my song. Yeah, that's different. To me, there's. To me, I've constantly struggled with. Criticizing myself for having that attitude, because I think I should sell the songs, because you do get a credit and all that, right? But there's like something selfish about it, or it's almost like it's kind of a pride thing too. It's like, oh, they did yeah. it, but I couldn't, so they're just a way better musician than me. Yeah, but it's also like this—I don't know what it is. Maybe I haven't thought about it deeply enough, but it's like it's like giving away like your art so that yeah. someone else can present. It's like it's I like, painted this. Here you go. And then in the little subtext, it says yeah. actually painted by Taylor. Yeah. It's like when uh, Smelly Cat went big and. That other girl who had a better voice or looked better than Phoebe or whatever. And then <laughs> I would not are your friends. I, I do know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, I went, think I've watched three episodes okay, well, of her. Like, her like famous song went big. Yeah. Like, someone else was singing it. And it's like, oh, her song went big, but it wasn't her. And she was devastated over right. it. Right. That makes sense. Well, yeah. You would so what if she wrote it? She didn't perform it. It wasn't her. So yeah. she basically gave away her baby to someone else. Yeah. It would be weird, I think. Mm-hmm. For sure. But you should see how much music's on this computer right here, the one we're using. Oh, yeah. This, uh... This, uh, hunk, 19, chunk of coal? 1999 iMac. <laughs> Is it... Ri- no, how No, I don't know. It? It, it's, uh... It's from the early 2000s. It's old. Yeah. It made it through Guyana. I was just telling Taylor this uh, when he first got here, right before we started. There's, uh, the 9 and the 0 key are missing. The S key is hanging on by a thread. If you press the O, a 0 shows up. All the seams are kind of coming apart, so you can almost you could almost see inside the computer. It's a laptop. Yeah, and I was saying that was all caused by ants. I brought this down with me to Guyana at the field station at Iwakrama, and I'd be typing, and there'd be ants going in and out of the keys, <laughs> underneath it and up, and I'd just be typing alongside ants everywhere. And they'd be eating the plastic, or the not the plastic, the rubber that was um, where all the keys. Oh yeah, attached. right. Yeah, and just. Basically ruining it right it's, in front of my very eyes. It's funny. You could imagine like, you could imagine humans doing, doing something. Because these these ants have like no giant. idea this intense, elaborate, like oh, scientific yeah. thing that has been made, and they're just pulling apart the components. Yeah, like, oh, this will work here. This will work. Yeah, this is food. Or yeah. we need this. You could imagine like humans doing something on a cosmic scale, where like yeah, and they the aliens are like, oh god, they're into the. <laughs> <laughs> they're into the, this part they're chipping away again. the gold again yeah they're chipping Stupid. away yeah this whole system we made isn't running properly because yeah. it's got to well I think it was so interesting too it's that I was in the jungle and the jungle just came in oh yeah there's no boundary the jungle oh, yeah. went into my computer literally yeah and I just had to deal with it that was the thing that really helped me more than anything in life to just deal with things like, being no in what the jungle did, I brought down um, I took this giant thing of trail mix and like a few other bags and like mixed them together in little baggies and I was like sweet I have these 
bags of trail mix to take with me on hikes and whatever, and I'll be set for like six months worth of stuff. Three days in, they were all infested with various types of insects. Yeah. They were inedible. Yeah. <laughs> like, three days in. That's... Mm. I, the jungle is one of those places where an extended, like, limited shelter kind of stay just seems like a nightmare. Yeah. Although, like, if you have the right gear, if you're... But I have with the right people. Yeah, even you don't need that much gear. You need the right people. You need people to know what they're doing. Yeah, that's yeah. Right? That makes. Sense. So have you seen the Revenant? Yeah. So you know when he comes out of the water and he's. I can't imagine how cold he is. And, right. And, I know. I always think about that yeah, scene. That, I always think whenever, how cold. Whenever it's cold outside, I just yeah. think of that. <laughs> but I see when he comes up to that dude, and he has the what was it a bison or something, and he's eating it raw. Right. He wants the food. And then that guy builds him a fire, builds him a little oh, shelf, yeah. does all that stuff. And yeah. I was like, okay, we could never do that. Yeah. Like, we live in, like, we grew up in this country in the same kind of uh, environment. No way we could do that. But he yeah. grew up doing that. He just knew it. He was able to take yeah. what he had around him and do that and make it so a guy who was in freezing water mm-hmm. in freeze- and then came out into freezing air was able to survive through the night because he was warm enough. He dried out. His, his skill set is like unbelievable, peripheral to him. Oh, I can do. That. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Just like if that same dude would come here right now, he'd walk around and be like clueless. What? And, yeah. What like do I do? Sinky bigger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's funny. To, it's it's strange. Like you take uh, for granted a lot of things. I think uh, a lot of parents realize um, when their kids are just seem to pick up the technology like easily. I think you start to realize, oh yeah, things are moving faster than I am now. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm losing time. Even at 28, I feel that way for for a lot well, of things. We also are dealing with something that's, I think, hasn't happened in the past, is how fast things are changing. People say people people have been saying that forever. No, but though. the rate, the way things are changing, right? So if you were in the early like 1700s until like whatever 1775. The rate of technological change wasn't that great. Even if there's a breakthrough in there or something, you're not. I think it was the are, same though, but it doesn't. I don't think it was because people are going from from now, right? Think of like the year 2000, which is 18 years ago now. What people were using as far as a computer went, there's no such thing as smartphones. Our whole way of life was so different. Yeah. Like a very basic way of how we do things, not how we are as human beings. That hasn't changed in hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. The actual. So our, I've always said this, someone from way back then, like even 50,000 years ago, could transport them to today if they were mm-hmm. a baby and grew up yeah. in their same education, Absolutely. they'd be just as smart as anybody else. Yeah. That's, we're not smarter in that sense, but we are able to do more things with what we have and we're able to accomplish more and we're able to do things that were unthinkable 20 years ago so mm-hmm. simply. I've, yeah. No, you ever look at those, those videos or like movies that... That talk about the future. I always I they think about out. this so much. They it's miss crazy. out on the things, right? Look at Back to the Future. Yeah, the, the, what, know, what they, they do is cars and these things, but no one predicted a smartphone. They take the basic. Yeah, thing. I've thought about this a lot, and that exact thing is old old movies. How they predicted the future, old people from the sixties, fifties, how they predicted the future, and all we can do, all it seems that people do, I know where you're is, going. is take what we yeah. know is happening yeah. now, and then. Like transpose that, like okay, make it now a car can fly. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like no, yeah, no you can't have idea. thousands of flying cars in the sky. Like that's insanity. <laughs> it's crash everywhere. Yeah, and that's why you know that show how Star Trek 
change the world or how right. William Shatner changed the world. It's yeah, because yeah. Star Trek thought of things that didn't exist yeah. yet. And they were far-fetched back then because it was like you're communicating through this thing and yeah. some things haven't come true like the teleporting and stuff. But they were doing things that didn't exist already. Yeah. And then once you have that idea and you then you can work towards it. And if it's physically possible, yeah. you'll probably get there. So we might not get to the teleportation because maybe it's not physically possible. But speaking to each other through these communicator things across vast distances, that's physically possible. Now have, we do it no problem. We don't yeah. even think about it. Three-year-olds use it. I have a feeling that maybe nothing's physically impossible as long as well, you can uh, – as, as long as you know enough about the, the inner workings of yeah. – like I really wonder if, if, if you can manipulate like the uh, – you're close to the right. cosmos. Um, Hold on to that thought. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking. Oh, well, I'm not going to be silent, my dude. Just hold on. Yeah. Where's he running off to? Here it is. Oh. Okay. Anyways, here, let me finish that idea real no, quick. Exactly, oh, right? Machio Kaku? Is that it? Is that who yeah, you are? Yeah, Michio Kaku. Michio? No, because what you were saying is actually really close. I feel to like being if true. you can, if you understand the innermost workings of the cosmos, then you could manipulate the innermost workings of the cosmos. Yeah, so you're, you're so, like, you're in essence right, like, to a point. So there's this book, Physics of the Impossible. Mm -hmm. And basically, he goes through three types of impossibilities. There's a class one impossibilities. It's things we just don't know how to do. Right. Right. And we could possibly do them if right. we just figure out how to do it. Then there's class two impossibilities, which are, given our current understanding of physical laws we of nature. We think they're impossible? Oh. No, that we just need to know more about the physical laws of nature to be able to do these. Those right. are class two. So we don't even know that we would be able to do them now. But What's the difference between one and two? One is possible. We just don't know how. Two, we don't know if it's possible. Right. Like we need to know more. Right. And there's right, class right. three. These are, we know they're impossible. So these are the things that no matter what we do. I feel like class, class three is just a presumption. No, but here's the craziest thing of all. Class three is the smallest number of things. There's only like two examples of class three impossibilities. That there's, we're certain now. Yeah. That and there's way more examples. of the, Class one is the most. The things that we, and these are things like force fields, invisibility, teleportation. Right. Telepathy. Uh, psychokinesis, robots, starships, those things are class one, yeah. meaning that we could potentially do them in even the near future. Right. Like, we don't know how, but they're possible. Then class two impossibilities are things like faster than light, time travel, parallel universes, things that we don't know. So as of right now, we, right. they're impossible, but they could be possible. Mm -hmm. So in class three are the only things that are truly impossible, and that is a perpetual motion machine and precognition. Oh, th that makes sense. Those are the only two things that he... I was going to say, how could you know for sure, but perpetual motion seems like... It's impossible. By definition. Yeah, by definition impossible. of the laws of physics yeah. and the ones that we do know. So, so it's I, just like, a thought experiment more than like anything else. I'd well, say. just saying, what this book illustrates, which is amazing, is that most things are possible, or at least it's possible that they're possible. Precognition? <sighs> how is that impossible? Because nobody can know the future. Because you can't. It's yeah, impossible to know the future beyond. I think know, beyond if you know, yeah. you know a certain number of variables, and then you can predict the short-term future. But you can't. The future's not. I set, wonder. Right? If, the future's not yeah. set. So how could you know it? 
Well, for example, I would say yeah, if you can this quickly. if you can create a simulation that's as complex as our universe is, then you could uh, predict anything that happens. If you if if yeah if if you could create a simulation. So if you could create in a simulation one ball running into another ball, you could predict what would happen there. So if you could create a computer powerful enough to simulate uh, the entire universe down to, you know, I don't know, quarks and leptons and like one-dimensional yeah. strings and whatever, all that stuff, then that computer could be powerful enough to predict every event that will occur next just by virtue of... Yeah. And we might... and. For all, we might. The problem for is that all, that would have to be beyond a scope of. For all intents and purposes, what's the difference between a computer that can create a universe like that uh -huh. and a computer that's powerful enough to under understand our universe that well? It's getting pretty deep. So I think, uh, I think so, precognition might be more possible than this. Pff, I don't know. What is he? A <laughs> physicist? Knows. He, he's a co-inventor of a. I've Stream seen a theory. lot of his talks. He's yeah. he's a co-founder. He's super theory. cool. He's never done mushrooms lot. though. No, that that he's I don't like that. A lot of these guys. Are you know like that? Eh? Oh, I know that yeah. about him and like Bill Nye. Those guys hate anything where you they they think it's not woke. harming your consciousness. They're the most woke, it. not woke yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> but here's what he says. I'll just read it out. It's like yeah. a small excerpt. But he says. Precognition is difficult to reconcile with modern physics because it violates causality, the law of cause and effect. Effects occur after the cause, not vice versa. All the laws of physics that have been found so far have causality built into them. So a violation right. of causality would signal a major collapse of the foundations of physics. So basically it's impossible unless our whole understanding of physics is wrong. And as best we can tell, the foundation of that, there's no way it's wrong. The basics, because it predicts things too well. We'll know where we know when the next eclipse is coming 30 years from now. Like it's too the basics of it. So there's a lot of things we don't know in the peripheral, but the basics of physics we know so down pat that the chances of that is wrong and then would allow this to be correct is so, almost impossible itself. Right. So my idea, um, my idea was something I, I, I know what you're saying. I'm trying to think I between deduction about, and induction. About every little, yeah. like if you knew if there was. 15 million variables and you knew 15 Here. million variables then Here, you, could, you could know what happens with each one yeah here's the thing right now because we don't understand how the universe works to its fullest extent our uh, our predictions are inductive so yeah. we see a ball run into another ball and we go okay what well, the leap I'm making is that that ball is going to move but we don't understand the exact processes that um, make those two actions coincide. We like, even though we understand momentum, we don't understand why something like to the very core of it. So we're pro we're if we could understand it well enough, I think it would now become deduction because we understand the processes of which make these uh, mechanisms work, gravity, all those things. It would now become deductive, and I think with a deductive universe, like with a deductive rules. You could predict the outcomes of things as long as you had something but the complex is, enough. But you can predict if a ball hits a ball, you you know why. We know all. The We're getting into determinism. But as we well. know all the physical properties of what's happening, and then we can predict where that ball goes. You're playing pool. You can predict exactly where it goes if you know exactly where the ball is hitting on which angle. Right. How, but speed, not always. Velocity, not everything. always, unless we understand because. Well, then you know. Need we to know don't the, know the if the laws of the universe. Know everything. Yeah. If we don't know if the laws can change. 
because we don't understand them exactly. What we see is one causal event and then another, and then we use an inductive leap mm -hmm. to predict but why that will all, happen again. For all intents and purposes, from everything we've seen from every observation in the history of science. Right? That's an inductive leap. It's not changing. Leap. Yes, yeah. yes, but again, from all the evidence we've seen, there's no reason to believe that it won't change. That what we see, we are correct with. Yeah. In, at the basics, right? And there's so many things on the peripheral that we're not sure about. Not, not, but the yeah. basic things like that, like velocity, momentum, Einstein's equations, Newton's equations, we're very sure of those. And there's no reason not to be, right? To, to doubt those is to be Un religious, unreasonable. To take a leap of faith. And it's an unreasonable, any for evidence. sure. Yeah, and contrary to evidence, say it's not that. Which mm -hmm. all we can do is use... The evidence but we have. it still doesn't mean it won't happen. So, but this is what he's saying: is the class three impossibilities are impossible unless our entire understanding of physics is wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying he's banking on they're not because right. he's a physicist and understands them better than we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. Who, um, I think it was either was it Hume or Berkeley. It's probably Hume. Berkeley, I think, is actually pronounced. Hume was yeah, nuts. I think. Hume, Hume yeah. Wrote a book but, on. Basically, nothing you just quote exists. the whole thing from start to finish with the best quotes you ever heard. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I can't remember who it was. But the idea, just that, um, because you can't see the mechanisms within things, mm -hmm. all you're doing is making inductive leaps using your senses, basically. But my idea was just that if you could, if you could, uh, if uh, you could create a computer or some kind of super intelligence that did understand exactly why and how things are working. It could um, just, okay, this is where we're at. Put that through the runner. This, these are the things that will happen. I do, and I also kind of believe that in but, regards to human beings, I, I am a bit of a determinist. Yeah. I don't, I don't believe in free will. I, I think there's no, no not evidence. Really. I think there's no evidence. Not a that. very popular opinion, but. No. But it's kind of semantics though, right? Because, I mean, we're free in the sense that no government is oppressing us. and Well, yeah, we that's just the level of. Uh, but at the level of consciousness, cause we can go so deep into that yeah. like who is thinking the thoughts within that's just like heads. levels of resolution yeah. of freedom yeah. when you when you ha hear that voice in your head who's talking who's listening like, that's yeah, like there's no odd. there's no real such thing as a self but that becomes so convoluted and right. tough to grasp that it's hard to even talk to people yeah. about it i remember i became without knowing it um a determinist when i was like i think i was 11 or 12 years old because of I was in I was still in elementary, but I think I was in grade six, so I think I was twelve, and I remember um, being obsessed with the idea. I was obsessed with it for like a couple of weeks, thinking, "What would I uh, wish for if I got a genie's lamp?" And I, and I like kind of like fell in love, like wishing that something like that could exist in real life, right? And I remember thinking after a while, <clears throat> I had made I had thought at this age that I had made some mistakes that I would like to be able to go back in time to fix yeah. at this point, which yeah. obviously were, there were no real mistakes. It was like some girl, I didn't say I liked her back or, you know what I mean? Stuff like that. And so in my, like, I was like, Oh, I wish I could do it all over again at like 12 years old, you know? And so sounds I, like a sweet movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically what I thought was, okay, if you could do it all over again, you know how genies always have little stipulations that they don't tell you about yeah. and you go back and it's all, everything's effed up. And uh, so I thought, well, what if you go back in time and you don't know uh, that you've gone back in time? Would I still make the same decisions? It's like, oh, maybe I have another chance at that moment, right? Even though I don't know I'm back in time. And I kept thinking and I thought, well, if I don't know, then wouldn't I just make the same yeah. choice? Yeah. And if you would make the same choice, then 
you can't really worry about any of the choices you make because yeah. you could have gone back in time and you'll still make the, yeah. you could, we could be going through our life again now with no memory yeah, of it we and we'd be, be making all the same choices. Yeah. And so don't worry about it. Like whatever choice you'll make, you'll yeah. make. And that's a big thing too. Why I'm really big on not blaming people for things. I'm really big on accountability. Right. So like if you like murder somebody, you have to be accountable because you can't just be out running around yeah. and getting stuff. But yeah. the people who point their fingers and say this person's evil yeah, and I all this stuff, you have no idea what's happening mental health wise. You have no idea what their, how they grew up. You have no idea what their DNA is. Yeah. And all these things came together. And if you were in the exact same position, if you had their DNA and grew up in their same environment, you were essentially them, you would have done the completely. same thing. Yeah. So, so blame is just such a useless thing. But accountability is key because you can't just let people run around. And I heard Joe Rogan was talking about that with that MMA fighter who um, he ended up killing somebody by accident, like a, a car crash or something. But it was he had all this kind of erratic behavior and all these problems. Right. And he was saying these people are just coming down on him so hard. And it's like he needs help. He, he's a victim of his own way of being. Yeah. And yeah, you shouldn't let him run around the streets and obviously he's dangerous because yeah. it wasn't just that. There's a bunch of other things. But to blame and say he's evil? Like what does evil even mean? What well, is evil? You make a conscious choice to be evil? Who's making that choice? And, uh, yeah, Where, like what's happening in your head? Are you just, are you given the, the choice between two? Then who's making that choice? Which, where, where is you? That's the biggest question right. of all. Are you, no, I agree. are you some little alien sitting behind your eyes driving a human vehicle? Or are you a combination of all your neurons and and your whole body all together making one thing? But then plus the gut bacteria and yeah, then making the, making what, emotional choices for you. It's too much to handle. I, know. I can't even. So I think, think about it. Evil. It people say people mean different things when they see say evil for sure. I think people like there's an emotional sense to what evil is like in a like a almost a religious like there is good and evil and they're always fighting and there is right there is good and evil in that right? sense, in, that sense I, in, yeah. in some sense that way yeah but then I, I also think evil them. is like the um is doing something you know you shouldn't do where the intention of that action is to uh hurt or it's not even just to like hurt it's like to it harms. It's like it to, harms. to yeah to harm and gain Yourself pleasure or society out of it. or yeah. yeah and like there's and something all those associated things with like jealousy or it's like, like whatever. intent. It's knowing better because if you're criminally insane, we think you're innocent. Like he dude, this guy does not know better. He's insane. Like, ah, ah, right. But, but can't that not apply in just every to sense? any every human because, mind? Well, just yeah. If you make that decision to do something evil for pleasure, even though it's going to harm people, but Again, it all what standard to, are we holding sanity up to? Like, who is well, the sane person that exactly. we're comparing everyone? And who is That's smart? Yeah, but yeah, because who's making that decision? Again, if we were placed in that same position and you make that same choice because you had the exact same DNA, the same thought process, the same environment, and you make that same decision, is it fair to blame that person? Again, accountable for sure. Don't want that in society. We want to try to eliminate as much evil, yeah. as much harm as we can. But by saying that person's just evil, that's another huge thing I have. And what I love Star Wars for the most, because mm -hmm. the physics in it are, they kind of make you cringe, all the sounds in space and all that stuff. <laughs> but yeah, they, but can you they, imagine watching? No, it'd be so boring. Yeah, I know. Gravity. The, gravity was like, the that, struggle. Was cool. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool on the big screen, on a regular TV, not. Yeah, it wasn't great. But no, the, the struggle within, the good and evil struggle within in Star Wars mm -hmm. is huge. 
I love so that because yeah, the archetypal like hero yeah. story. Yeah, but that's overlooked in a lot of things. You know, it's the good guy and the bad guy. But right. it's like when each character has the good and evil yeah, within them, and, that's they're, and they're the fighting, and it's they're being pulled one sure. way and they go the other, and they're faced with that choice. Yeah, and all this stuff, and. Game of you, Thrones you know, does that well too. A lot of characters you hate in the beginning, yeah. you end up liking. Jamie Lannister comes. To I've mind. never seen that. Oh, really? It's great. No. The the characters have the same like duality within each of them. There's no one who's specifically evil. Maybe Joffrey or something. <laughs> but you can also see how like yeah. they're. You get to you get to know who they are and why they're making the decisions. Yeah, they're and see when you get to know people more, more, then you you feel less bad because you only do bad things. Yeah, for right. Sure. The way things are framed. If you look at um, like movies and stuff, they frame. Characters you get to know more, you can feel more with. If they do something bad, you can still be on their side because you, you, whatever, feel I, yeah. for them, right? Yeah. You can be like, oh, they made a bad decision, but he's been tormented or whatever. Yeah. And so it all. You can understand how they came to that. Yeah. And so when place. when you're talking about the, the fight between good and evil, again, I don't know who is making the decision, like within your own head. Yeah. But even just that struggle and just acknowledging. That nobody is inherently good or evil. Yeah, that's that's it all depends yeah. on so many factors. That's huge to me because I can't stand just he's good, he's bad. End of story. It's just like, what is that? Are we six years old? And like, yeah, it doesn't work. The real story between Batman and the Joker or the Nemesis, the, it's always the two sides of the person. That's why sometimes you like really like the anti-hero because it's that shadow part of you that you know that you wish you could let out sometimes. And it's like, I'm like quoting a lot that I've learned from listening to Jordan Peterson's lectures and stuff like that. But it's, it's like the incorporation of the shadow of yourself. People like that. When you see like, when you see the guy who you know is the good guy, but he just goes and kills this guy and you're like, that's like, yeah, there's something compelling about incorporating that bad part of yourself when it's necessary. And so sometimes you do kind of root for the Joker and you like how like manipulative yeah. and crazy is. And then sometimes you're like, you like the way uh, Batman always holds up to like what he believes is true. Yeah. And you see parts in both of them that you like. Yeah. And the all good and evil, all like uh, Superman and Lex Luthor, it's all just a description of the the struggles that's always going in within your within yeah. yourself and that's why they're so popular and that's what he talks about right Jordan yeah Peterson talks about how that's why that people just get drawn yeah. to those archetypal stories superhero stories because so they're big. true yeah. to you like you just go this is true like you don't think of it that way but you feel it when you watch it and one side overcomes usually when good does overcome yeah. the the really, uh, it's like the the bad part's seductive. There's something seductive yeah. about the Joker's logic, you know. Yeah. And you, sometimes just the curiosity, even because you maybe yeah. you don't go down that road, and you're like, well, what is down that road? Yeah, kind of without having to do harmful things, you can just kind of explore it. Yeah, peripherally. and you can sort of see how like the the bad guy comes to his decisions and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah, why not f it all? You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, why not put a bomb on? You know, you know when he has the two ships and one's full yeah. of regular citizens, and, and and you think of that conundrum, and you go, God, that's uh, makes you think. Yeah, that's like a that's a real. Uh, and then you know what? You think, what do I blow up the 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 prisoners? They made their choice, or you know, do I do the right thing? It's just it's like an archetypal struggle within yeah. an archetypal struggle within another one too, because the righteous people who haven't. I had air quotes there. Yeah. Who haven't committed crimes and stuff. Well, yeah, blow them up because they committed crimes. What if you were in jail for marijuana possession? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> right? So, but by them saying that, then they kind of take on a sense of 
they have the term argue, yeah. evil if yeah. you're talking about what it really is because they're they want to kill other people but then mm. they wouldn't be labeled as evil because they're righteous because they haven't broken a law because of these kind of arbitrary rules yeah and arbitrary in the sense that they change right like one minute marijuana is illegal and next it's legal one minute you go to jail for right. it next minute you don't whereas killing someone is going to be illegal probably forever yeah you know except for like wild west times but then there's vigilante justice and that all comes that. into like always sort of something moral absolutism versus moral relativism yeah. and stuff yeah but the the deep what you were saying about how you connect with that so deeply mm. it's almost part of that that evolutionary thing like jordan peterson talks about and yeah it's kind of different to what sam harris talks about with his you know i'm i'm more with him on that where when it comes to truth like for me, group? objective truth is a big deal. Like, what actually happened? Sam Harris? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, for me, objective truth is... It's the basis. The basis. So, we can go from there. If yeah. we know what actually happened, like, this is the objective truth, this is what went on, right. then from there we can decide what to do, what what happened after that. With In what with sense? Like, people. give me an example. Well, Jordan Peterson says truth only matters in what you think or what you feel, like, deeply. So, you think? So, I don't think no, he thinks that. For religion, he says it doesn't matter if it really happened or not. It's a it's a truth, right? Oh, I see what he's saying. Oh, that's because so he for separates. Me it matters, right, right? It matters right. if it really did happen. Right? So, he says it doesn't matter if Jesus did all those things, but it, it's a truth because it's a yeah. it's an archetypal story and it's yeah. a part of our evolution. And Samaritan says no, if it didn't happen, it didn't happen, and mm. that's all there is to I it. I hear what you're saying. And so, I think there's a lot of value in that, and I think we can explain need, why he, he says that really but quickly. I'm, Okay. Whenever, okay, if you want to finish your thought. Well, I just said I don't, we don't need to go that deep back into like right. those kinds of things. But even just like what happened at this event rather than what did people feel happened. Right. So like the collective thoughts on it aren't a truth. They're feelings. Yeah. But what actually happened matters because then from there you can, you can go forward in whatever direction you need to. And you can, I'd say it matters for different, for different reasons. So I'd say uh, Jordan Peterson separates the... Um, the world between in between like between two different realms one is the realm of science and mm-hmm. one is sort of the realm of religion and the realm of science tells you what things are but it doesn't tell you how you should act around things mm-hmm. it doesn't if you were an alien you might not know a chair is for sitting but you could maybe tell you could maybe explain that in some way in some story type way that creates like the sense of how you should act in the world. And he's, he's, I think he says, it doesn't matter if religion happened. The stories aren't about what's true. They're about how you should act. Yeah. In, and in I, life. I like that. And I get that. And he's, he's made me come back and take a more critical or more closer uh, look or a more valued look at all those stories and some mm. of the religious things and stuff. But I just think truth matters. And I'm, yeah, I agree. as a scientist, right, yeah. as my, like, I studied science and it means a lot to me as far as uncovering just what really happened. Yeah. That means sure. more to me. And not that that isn't valuable or it doesn't matter. And I think it's very useful. And I think we see that a lot when that's lacking in society, it tends to break down. When you don't have that structure. Yeah. So, like, religious societies are, are not a great place to live in, I think. They're, they're a lot of really oppressive and... Um, you know, I think they're not as enjoyable, but they're very structured and they, they right. help society, I think. Yeah, yeah. And so structure is good. I think too much structure and then you get oppression and bad things, but not enough structure and you start having people don't know how to act. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's no... Uh, and I think yeah, science isn't great 
at, cre at creating structure because you have to be interested in it and you have to follow it and you have to understand it. Whereas having structure through other means is just yeah. kind of for everybody. And some people aren't convinced rationally. Exactly. That's like a huge, like, that's it's kind saying. of you have to understand it. You have thing. to want to understand it. Yeah. Some people understand science and choose to ignore it still. Yeah, yeah. Right? There's, that's, there's I feel like that's the same as not understanding science. And no, but there's that one astrophysicist, he's an astrophysicist, and he thinks, he believes in creationism, which, you know, a lot of people do, especially in the States. But if you wrote your dissertation on processes that happened over hundreds of thousands of millions of years and then you turn around and say but there was only like young earth years. creationism yeah oh, so wow. he wrote his dissertation and got his phd on he has not reconciled those issues not at all no. and he said he puts it aside when he does science and then he comes yeah. back to it after he's emotionally it just invested it's extremely interesting and i don't understand it i don't understand how you do that genuinely Right? Somewhere deep down... It seems dishonest, right? It does seem dishonest because it's like he knows he's trying to convince himself not to or not believe what he has proven mm. through science. Yeah. Or it's, or it's using, yeah. very dishonest through science because science is the pursuit of truth, essentially. Yeah. And he's basically saying what he's doing is not right. He's just doing it because that's what the university wants or that's what his career wants or whatever. Right. No, that's... That's like a, I don't I don't know how to phrase it. It's like almost in, intolerably inconsistent. It's like you you can't you, you can't even argue with someone like that because no you can't you, they've made an emotional decision right yeah. it's not a it's nothing you can argue about it's just that he feels that way and he likes that and whatever and when he just has to keep that somewhere while he's doing science and then brings it out I guess when he wants to feel like. Okay, like, you know, it's all, there's some greater plan, like, he needs it, I guess, in but some sense. at the same time, because, like I said, I don't like to blame people, even for the way they act or think or anything. A huge part of that is, guaranteed, his family oh, yeah. is super religious. Yeah. Young Earth creation. You don't yeah. learn that. You don't come into that you when you're in science school. You don't come to that conclusion. Yeah, when you're in science your school at 18 years old and go, hey, you know what, I think this is actually like this. You grew up with it. You're basically indoctrinated into it. Yeah. So his whole family thinks that way, probably. And everyone he grew up around and stuff. So he would alienate himself from the people he's closest to. He would not yeah. feel comfortable in his own family surroundings. So that's a big part of it. Yeah. It's almost like that's a cultural thing. And not... It's a tribal. Not bigger, kind of yeah, yeah, tribal. Yeah. It's not the bigger... It's not the whole country. It's like your little close-knit yeah. group. And you don't want to alienate yourself from them. Mm -hmm. You want to be, you know, part of everything they do. You want to still get together on Christmas and all that stuff. And I think if you <coughs> admitted all that wasn't real, then you'd be missing out on that. And that's a huge personal thing. You, you know, it just occurred to me too. It's almost if it's almost more scientific. In it's more scientific minded if you're going to believe in religion as like a like an a priori these stories are where we start and then we figure out stuff from there that you believe that the it's a young earth because it 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 basically says that it basically says when you go back it's almost like he's using that scientific mindset he has to go okay if i am religious then this must be true too oh, yeah, you know I what i mean saying, yeah. and and then and people never really give you the real reasons why they might be holding on to something especially when they're have, have, when they're in a contradictory field, 
he might be like you might hear him say if you went deep into his mind something like I I couldn't uh, I can't bear my father's death without religion like I don't yeah. know what would happen to me if, yeah. if I you know there, there might be some really deep emotional mm-hmm. reasons for it like and we don't know that's why he's I, not trying to be an inconsistent you know yeah. what I mean and that's the thing is it's it's kind of you need to understand there's a reason for it and mm. not like that's why I don't get on that guy I'm not gonna go find him and like harass him over it or anything it's yeah. not it doesn't can, affect me that's not even a big deal but it is interesting to know that that can happen because you'd think yeah and you can't condemn couldn't. You can't condemn the science he's doing either. Yeah, which is crazy. He's actually yeah. a good scientist. Yeah. That's what's nuts. Yeah. So but good for him. Do what you want. I'm anyway, yeah. On that note, I think we're about out of time. Wow. That was a good one. Yeah, that went by quick. A couple of little technical difficulties that hopefully won't show up. And yeah, maybe a couple blips. And going up to get this this book became the fodder for a lot of interesting stuff. Oh, for sure. Michu Kaku, Physics of the Impossible, if you want to check it out. Uh, shout out to our partners, Eco Companion, the best eco trip website in the UK. Shout out to Embodied Adventures with Jess LeBlanc. We're going to do some yoga tree trips in April and in the fall. And a big thanks to Taylor Dalkey, the new co-host. Ah, oh, thank you, man. It's a pleasure to be on here. I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.